Our message today uh, comes from the, the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 5 through 18. Hear the word of God. God took Abram outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for four hundred years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not re yet reached its full measure." When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Today's message is entitled, uh, When Faith Ain't Enough. Uh, right after Thanksgiving and all the way up until Christmas, it just seemed like there was just sad news coming my way, day in and day out. Um, my best friend's uh, father died, the very uh, gentleman that taught me how to tie a tie. Uh, we had to lay him to rest. Uh, there were uh, scary doctor diagnoses in our family. Um, there was just something, it seemed, uh, each and every day. And I have to admit that uh, during that month, I probably cried in those 30 days that I have my entire life. There were times where I would be washing dishes, and I would just need to go into the garage and go into this little pass-through between the garage and the backyard and just cry, just to give myself some time to let it all out. There were these times when it felt like my faith just wasn't enough. And I think the peak of that was uh, uh, driving my daughters uh, home from school. And we were listening to Christian radio, and the, the DJ uh, said, you know, I wish they would make an app that could uh, record how much I pray and how much I have quiet time and how much I read the Bible and how much I this and how much I that. 
And I just turned off the radio. And I turned to my 11-year-old, and I said, you know, of all the things that it feels like we're going through, I just need to say that faith doesn't begin with us. I said, sometimes I feel like I, it's just not enough. And I just began to say, you know, faith really begins with God. It really begins with God. I love turning to the book of Genesis to see this deeper wisdom. We see the the faithfulness of God to, to, to Adam and Eve even after the garden. We see Abram uh, called from his family to, to start a new path, to cut a new row, to, to follow a God that he's aware of but maybe isn't as familiar with as his family and his ancestors. And I especially love this verse in chapter 15 where it says that God takes Abram outside and says, look up at the stars. It made me think of Psalm 8 when it says, When I consider your heavens, your wor- the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is humankind that you are mindful of us, human beings that you care for them? It's this beautiful moment that we realize that faith begins with God's attention of us. It's unfathomable. It's hard to believe at times. But God has moved from saying to Abram, look at the dust of the ground, to look at the stars above you, to lift up your head. The wind can change the the grains of sand and dust at your feet, but the stars above, there are signs of stability and security. And I want you to look at them. I want you to know that I take notice of you. I want you to know that you matter to me, Abram, and your family. I remember as a new Christian in college walking uh, Teal Lane. It's kind of a loop off of uh, Miccosukee Road here in Tallahassee. And I remember walking and I began to to look up, and I was looking at the clouds, and it really was kind of the dawning of a new day in my walk with God where I realized, you know, I don't think I've noticed the clouds like I am right now. I had not taken notice of church buildings in Tallahassee. They might as well have been a daycare center. They might as well have been a flea market to me. But all of a sudden, they were everywhere. And if you think somebody could be so blind, Faith Presbyterian, I did not know was a church. (laughs) As big as that campus is, as big as their steeple. There's something about realizing that faith begins with God's attention of us. You see, Abram began following God, but it it, it didn't end with just following and and hearing about blessings. There's these beautiful moments where he, he stops at a place of a great tree and he builds an altar to God and he calls upon the name of the Lord for the first time. And he moves on with his caravan of of family. And he begins this walk with God in in new ways. But he finds himself coming right back to the same altar. 
And it's there that I believe that Abram begins to acknowledge God's faithfulness in his life, that some things are coming full circle, that we realize that there are moments of God's faithfulness in our lives that are no longer coincidence, but God. I know within my own walk, there were times I had to, I came to the place, and I still do, even as a Christian of 25 years, that I've got to lean in and say, this is the faithfulness of God. I know that when I pray with those that are sick or in the hospital or in hospice care, I know that part of my prayer is that God would turn over in their hearts and their minds moments that are familiar of God's faithfulness and maybe some new ones they never realized until now. Even as I am walking out the door, I trust that God will and continue to do that good work in each of us. There's this moment in Abram's life where people want to to give to him. They recognize that the Lord is with him. and, And there comes this moment where he says, you know what, I can't accept anything from you. Not even a thread or a strap of your sandal. He said, I've just come to this place in my life, this place in my faith, this place where God has been so faithful that I don't want anybody to ever say that God has not been faithful to Abram or made him, in his words, rich. God says to him in verse 7, I'm the Lord that brought you. I'm the Lord that brought you. Come to find in my life that there is a friction between the faithfulness of God and my understanding. And they rub against each other. It, it burns. It rubs me raw. But I also realize that even the Holy Spirit is described as a tongue of fire in the New Testament. There is an embracing of that friction between God's faithfulness in my life and my understanding of who I am and what I may be going through or you are going through today. We see Abram's life as a long journey. It begins with God giving to him, but it doesn't end there. He says, I want to know you, God. And the most beautiful expression of knowing God that God can come up with is to give of God's self in a language that Abram can understand. It's foreign to us, this cutting of animals and splitting them apart. But it was the the highest form of commitment that could exist between two kings, a greater and a lesser, one that was stronger and 
maybe one that was conquered. And through the middle of those animals, they would walk. And the promise would be, if I do not live up to my word and what I said that I would do, then what has happened to these animals, let it happen to me. God, in this moment, is asking Abram to prepare this place, to prepare this moment for God to follow through and to really blow Abram's history and understanding of just how awesome and faithful this God could be. To me, it's about as close in the New Testament as Jesus washing Peter's feet and Peter's saying, I can't take this anymore, Jesus. You, 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 you can't get any lower than this in my life. I won't let you. And Jesus is saying, if you don't allow me to be this vulnerable in your life, then you cannot have any part of me. And I think that's the reason Abram falls into a deep sleep. It's too much. He's probably going to get up and try to walk through this sacrifice and make some promises he can't keep to God. And so he is this spectator of God's faithfulness in his life. And it won't end there because as much as you and I have heard people say that, you know, Sarah laughs at God's wisdom, God's faithfulness to their family. How much more does Abram laugh? Just the chapter before. I see in my own life the need to control God's faithfulness on my terms, whether it's in my prayers or in my God talk. There's something about releasing that control of what God's faithfulness looks like, what it needs to be in my life. Paul says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I've had these images in my, my mind of Niagara Falls. What can stop Niagara Falls? It's so powerful. It's just ever roaring and, and, and pouring and, and flooding. And I've come to, to feel like that's, that's how God desires our souls to be, that open to however God wants to be faithful on God's terms in my life and in yours, in our community, in our world. That it would be, my soul would be that open to not try to stop the Niagara Falls of God's faithfulness in the world. In that moment, it says that Abram is chasing off these birds of prey. He doesn't exactly know what's happening, but he doesn't want to stop it either. 
Verse 13 says, Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that in these moments of God giving God's self, these moments of Niagara Falls where it's too much, that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that compares to following the Lord. Abram will spend the rest of his days trying to get that right. What it means to follow this God from moment to moment to moment to moment. And if you find yourself saying, yeah, and he tried to to sacrifice his only son. Well, people that are more versed than us would say that is also God's way of saying, no, I don't sacrifice your children. Your love and your faith is enough for me and for your family and for this world. Just like how you and I would hold the door open for somebody at at a convenience store to to open it and say, no, after you, after you, you first. Abram comes to a place where he, in this moment of watching God promise and, and show his faithfulness, saying, after you, Lord, you first. You first. If you find yourself saying that your faith is not enough, you are in good company with men and women from the Old and New Testament. The friction of God's faithfulness and our understanding. My prayer would be that our souls would be as wide and as open as Niagara Falls. Let us pray together. God, we thank you. We do thank you for your great love for us. The moments where we are challenged the most to follow, to remain open, to release control, to allow the friction to do its work, to grow us up, and to to mature our faith. God, I thank you for uh, the gift of your word and your spirit. God, I thank you for the, the faithfulness of your people. It's in Jesus' name we all pray saying, amen and amen.